0: namaste motherfuckers and welcome to tantric conversation episode number 55 sean harris i am your host curtis Payne, and this is my podcast tantric conversation om and shit uh this is yeah sean harris my one of my oldest frenemies um i guess the only one of the one of two frenemies i think and both of them are in the same band other for a while the other one would be steve chisholm way more friend than enemy but there's definitely a time there where it was like mean girls or something and uh i was on the short end of that stick but i don't know you know what that was all about we started to talk about that for a while in here maybe it's just my perception because of how alcoholic and drug addled i was at the time and full of uh all kinds of uh, crazy notions that I've been since disabused. But uh, there was the, a period where there just seemed to be a lot of... There was, f- you know, friendship of one kind, but sort of a sabotaging of another kind. I mean, Steve and I even managed to get in a fistfight at one point. I was in the Rams as the drummer at the beginning, and then later... Uh, he Well, they fired me after a month. I was pretty fucked up. And... Uh, i didn't like that but i tried to be a big man about it later on and then those guys ended up playing together and i interviewed them for punchline and went to see them they were a good band they were a unique kind of thing and matt goins in there too um but i was thinking about this uh this thing a little bit because they started uh somebody started posting all these pictures these old punchline pictures from 15 years ago all of that and it was kind of rushing back to me what all of that was like it felt like then you know there was this kind of scene going on but it seemed there was something again this could be the lenses i was wearing then but there there seemed to be something up there was a something that usually you don't find in richmond in the uh alterna circles but a lot of us around that that magazine and then around the bar scene and around all of us were friends but there was just a lot of sinister shit going on probably doing no small part to various chemicals and uh, no small part alcohol and i don't know maybe it's uh, age it's kind of early midlife crisis i don't know just thinking about it though friends and thinking about hurt feelings and bands and coming and going and rising and falling and um you know there are lots of other guys sort of contemporaries of sean's that i've asked to do this show and and other guys that he's been in bands with and guys just you know of the same kind of age group and a lot of them decline i mean maybe this is just an excuse but they decline because they still have so many hurt feelings about the time period there's a lot of bad blood between people and i don't know necessarily a time period but whatever unresolved uh, relationship issues they all have as former bandmates and friends and you know i say let's you know it's it's another good thing to talk about i mean i like the idea i mean the whole one of the unfiltered unedited things about this podcast it's true stories it's not edited we don't try to polish it up and and make it so we can look good i certainly don't i show you the whole i show you my whole ass on here and uh i could spend time i've said this before it's not an excuse i'm intentionally not polishing it i meant to do that and i i think it's a good story to say you know what happened there's all this potential there's all this talent there's all this amazing shit going on but there's a lot of relationship issues between musicians in this town especially ones that are around my age and been around a while and maybe it's a story that should be told so that uh, more people who aren't at that point yet or people who are verging on that point in their relationships can go oh you know what maybe we shouldn't let it go there and maybe the people who've already gone there should maybe say hey let's time to let drop the rocks let this shit go you know hanging on to resentments is drinking poison and wanting someone else to get sick and other cliches so, um, okay, so I've said that, and I had fun talking to Sean. It was kind of a rushed and hurried thing. I had just gotten home from work, and I kind of ran upstairs in my work clothes after being in the car all day. And then he he was sort of in between appointments and had to kind of get out. So we didn't really get to settle in the way I like to, but it was uh, still great having him over here. I really enjoyed um, talking about it and talking to him, and I missed the whole barbecue thing. I don't know why I couldn't bring myself to go down there, but uh, it looks like it was fucking amazing and worthy send-off for someone who had such a big-ass influence on so many people. Let's be more like Dave somehow in our own lives. Alright, so there's that. Number 55, Sean Harris. Slide on into it. We're gonna be fumbling with some chords trying to play a little sample of his latest musical. Opus, the penguin. You can just play it. We got headphones. Let me check it out. Yeah, maybe
1: just this is some.
0: Yeah, this is some really good production. All
1: right,
0: I can hear it. All right, yeah, that's a nice little sample. That's that was loud as shit too. It's, I think it's going to be in the red on there. So you guys get to hear, that was a little bit of Sean's, um, Sean Harris, uh, a legend, yeah, Richmond Hello. musical legend, in, in, famous, infamous musician from Richmond, Snakes on Champagne, yeah. uh, Baby Control.
1: It's an old name I've been kicking around, but a uh, little new life into it, my buddy. hmm Jake Thompson.
0: So Jake Thompson's a real person. You're not just yes, pretending to have friends.
1: Drummer and uh, engineer in Seattle, Washington. That's uh, this really cool band, Pouch, that uh, probably my favorite band out there. So uh, I've worked with him for a while at the museum, the EMP. And uh, yeah, we just buckle down and just try to get one song out. So there, there we have it. There'll be copies floating around town.
0: Excellent. It seems like you could get closer to. Or did you turn that mic off again?
1: Hello. Yeah. Are
0: you there? Yeah. Okay. That mic's just quiet for some reason. Um, all right. So you, how long have you been living in Seattle?
1: Almost four years.
0: Four years. Yeah. yeah. And you why, Why'd you go out there?
1: Well, I met a girl. You know, it's an old story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so followed her out there and uh, figured give it a chance and uh, got married soon after
0: and it's a. Uh, yeah, it's where we're at. Oh, you guys got married out there? You didn't get we did. married before?
1: Yeah, we did. We did. So she, she got a job out there, so uh, we had been seeing each other for about a year, and it just made sense, you know, outside of uh, kicking around Richmond, and there's only so many kitchens you want to work in. <laughs> yeah. Is
0: that what you were doing mainly before you uh, got yeah. out of here?
1: Yeah, cooking around the fan mm-hmm. and whatnot. And uh, You know, I felt like I was spinning my wheels, so uh, she, she threw that out there, so I, I, I bit, obviously. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah got liberated yeah and and you're you get to be a kept man to some degree or
1: uh, i guess yeah there for a while you know uh-huh. I, I don't <laughs> sit around the house all day you know? um, but i think i'm retired from the restaurant business so yeah I mean, hopefully, you, hopefully you had it but, with that yeah you know I, you just can't do it forever you know unless you want to live that life and uh yeah and just uh plus i'm an old man now i wake mm-hmm. up at 5 a.m. sometimes ready for the day so i don't want for work. the
0: early bird i am special yeah, <laughs> i don't want to
1: work till 5 a.m you know i certainly don't want to be out till 5 yeah a. M., but
0: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah so how far did you get into uh cooking and stuff i mean did you get pretty skilled or uh... i
1: did yeah i mean you know when i when i was here and at mama zoo for so many years it was you know the whole white pizza thing and all mm-hmm. i just kind of stayed out of the kitchen and felt like that was alien to me but uh once I left there, I started picking up other jobs and picking up training here and there. And uh, I was around it so much. You know, it's not rocket science. Um, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to be uh, trained by some, some good cooks and all. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just found my way into the back of the house.
0: Yeah. What did you like cooking when you were back there? What, was, oh. uh, what kind of cuisine did you...
1: What's suggest? that? At Mama Zoo?
0: No, or? I know what you did at Mama Zoo. Yeah. I mean, you, were putting, you were putting together the white pizzas. But like you were at Cleveland... What was that place on Cleveland, the corner cafe or Oh
1: Corner Cafe, yeah. That, that, that was a that place initially I was a brunch cook. So uh-huh. uh it it's kind of an old thing. If you if you can cook an egg well, you can uh-huh. cook anything. So uh that was kind of a crash course. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell you, even out of Phil's Continental Lounge, you know, just working the flat top and stuff it mm-hmm. uh you know you pick up these skills and again i've been around it so much that it was like uh, you know some yeah. some things you got to wing it a little bit other things you need training on but i took it about as far as i wanted to
0: well it seems like you were from what i was seeing on facebook you were getting culinary about it like kind of getting into it or is well, that
1: yeah yeah I, I, I gave it a shot i think that was my last dying breath of it because yeah. I, I feel like i i got to a good level in seattle um i was working on at a cafe on the amazon campus mm-hmm. and they pay you well and, you know, a company like that that can afford to move you up and all and uh, but again it was just you know they're working you 12 hours mm-hmm. and um, you know great benefits package and all that stuff of the company like that but I just uh, you know I just passed my prime with it really you know yeah you start to run out of steam with it even even with a good deal dangled in front of you you're like
0: you know uh, how do I really want to be doing this do you want to yeah, stand on your feet yeah. all day yeah. so you know I <laughs> I knew that you were, I think the first time I encountered you, you were playing in Butter Glove, and that was, what, like, late 80s? Yeah, early? 88, 89, probably, uh-huh.
1: yeah. Yeah, I think that's about the Who time else
0: was met. in that band?
1: We had Penn Rawlings on guitar, uh, my brother Seth on drums, and then Rebby Sharp, um, who was in the oh, orthotonics yeah. and that more avant-garde kind of uh, rock scene in Richmond. She, uh, she would do vocals with us from time to time, mm-hmm. but she went in the studio with us. It was the first time we'd ever played with her, mm-hmm. and uh, we just did it off the cuff, live to two-track, and it, it sort of... Uh,
0: Was that the John Moran yeah, thing? Yeah. yeah,
1: and it went down well, and uh, you know, kind of has this little cult appeal, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But we played with her on and off live, so uh, we'd either do the, the three-piece instrumental, or uh, have her along to do vocals, yeah.
0: The instrumental. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes,
1: it's much better than math rock. It's yeah, really a
0: yeah. Well, word. math is math rock has really gotten to be applied to a lot of shit that isn't similar to itself at all. Like uh, there, yeah, a lot of bands are calling that to, that, that don't have anything anymore. in common. I think it's all yeah. hammer
1: ons and, and some crazy drummer. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah. I think
0: a lot of the shit they call math rock now is what I would think of as prog rock, like coming yeah, more out of the yeah. Yes or um, the Emerson Lake and Palmer. Kind
1: of i agree tradition. yeah i agree <laughs> i mean elements of it but none of it seems to be heavy anymore so i'm like well where's the rock yeah uh, dave didonata who's from here or whatever we were we were chatting uh messaging one another and it was like i don't know what this is anymore mm-hmm. you know? I don't, there's just no rock in it
0: yeah i don't know and what do you think if you had to articulate what you mean by that and you do now what do you mean by rock uh, like that, but yeah, and by something having that element or not having that element. You oh know?
1: well, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, four four. You right. Know? Uh, five four is good too. Um, oh, I don't know. For for what's out there now and like what's big, you know. I'm a big Queen of the Stone Age fan. I yeah. Thought that was a great record, but uh, under the the tent of rock, it you know. I there's quite a bit that can go under there, you Mm -hmm. know, elements, elements of metal, punk, all Mm -hmm. of that. But rock, uh, just seems to have this more, you know, it's just, it leaves with rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's, I feel like it's a bit more timeless, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, ACDC, really just three chord rock. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's, there's it's anything got, wrong with that. At it's, all. An,
0: it's, it's got some dick and some balls and some, yes, something. It must, on it. It yes, must, Yes,
1: you know, turn the amps up a little. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you want to sing quietly. But um,
0: you gotta, you gotta be putting something into it. You're risking a little something. You know. Yeah. Like, it
1: should have an edge to it yes it should have an edge. some tension it. even if you're a singer songwriter i mean i saw nick cave out in seattle recently and uh, that's what i love about him is how dynamic he is and when he wants to rock he rocks with mm-hmm. like Stagger Lee or something tupelo or something like that It's mm-hmm. usually loud songs and uh you know seven members up there doing it mm-hmm. and then he'll just do a ballad right after it but uh i it, you know yeah
0: yeah i watched that uh Have you seen that 20 Feet from Stardom uh, thing on Netflix? It's in my queue. It's good. It's in my queue. I didn't watch the whole thing last night because I really just wanted to see to the part where they showed the woman who did the um, background vocals on uh, Gimme Shelter. Right. the rolling stones okay. and they they had her listening to that her vocal track isolated in a studio and and you know i mean she just came in in the middle of the night they were like all getting fucked up doing working right. on this song and they were like yo we really need right here yeah and, right and right. they just she was like closest one yeah. Like, yeah came over there and just like tore it up you know sure sure and, and they it, played that isolated track and it was fucking
1: yeah, we can, well, yeah, you get these people, these unsung your- heroes. It's, it's fun with something like Netflix or YouTube. It, it's good to find out about all these uh, unsung folks, that, session musicians. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if it weren't for them, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't be that record, right?
0: So, um, yeah, and and I was thinking about that. What that you know, what is that shit? That's like, I mean, I've talked about this a lot of times throughout my life. You know, it's. But you know it, when it's there it's there the that rock thing, and it isn't necessarily music that you would necess- you would always think of as rock like a c d c or something there's just somebody putting that, and that chick rocked is I guess what i'm trying to say is yeah, like sure, she came sure. in you know she was probably. In, 20 or something like that, and she got up in the middle of the night with curlers in her hair and you know, uh, and in her nightgown, and they drove her over there in a cab. and She just sat in a studio and yelled, Rape, Murder is just a shot away,
1: right? A bunch of times, probably did it in one or two takes, (laughs) you know. And uh, well, I I think I, I agree with you, and I think that rocks, yes. You know, it's okay to have a saxophone solo. In, mm-hmm. a, in a rock song
0: it's um, hard to get get them to sound for that to work anymore but it really that was the primary solo instrument back in yeah, the day sure, Before sure. the guitar sure. wasn't yeah it was the sax yeah.
1: i think with yeah guys like dick dale and all that and it, it became you know you had to play guitar to be cool guy right and we still see that today mm-hmm. uh, we're all guilty of it everybody mm-hmm. wants to be the guitar player mm-hmm primary songwriter but that's uh,
0: right but I, I don't
1: know i guess you know what i'm I, what i'm trying to do now is i uh, you know keep keep it it's whatever it is i do you know keep it sounding that way so maybe it sounds like my voice and the way i write but mm-hmm. um kind of be open to whatever mm-hmm. you know and not pigeonhole myself you know because there's, there's no reason you can't i don't know i really like the three three and a half minute rock song yeah that. it's trying to get that right is a lot harder than people realize yeah you know
0: and is it a song? What's that? This so- oh, baby control. Yeah. yeah, it's very much a, a song, song. There is a, there are lyrics and
1: yeah, no, I'm that. doing mm-hmm. the vocals on it. There's mm-hmm. about probably six guitars on it, no bass, drums, and vocals. So, and yeah, exactly. It's about uh, it's just under three minutes, so I'm mm-hmm. shooting for that that rock song format.
0: Yeah. Uh, were you? Did you start off as a guitar player? i did yeah
1: i did yeah because you were bass
0: uh, butter glove right
1: yeah i was it was funny because we um i guess i was in this band my first band real band with my brother it was a metal band called mm. crusader ah. which is just awful and, pr- great. <laughs> and great and
0: that's great that's right but
1: i uh, i played uh second guitar with this great guitar player who's um this guy will who's still in richmond really great guitarist but uh We kicked our bass player and our singer out, so I kind of got demoted to bass, which worked out because I wanted to play, and then I got good on that, and... uh Actually, I actually had a short stint in Pledge Allegiance after that when mm-hmm. um, our sensibilities got more hardcore and all mm-hmm. that. Just kind of stuck with the bass. Were you know? playing
0: bass in Pledge Allegiance? Or? I did, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: That that was a short thing. Seth joined on with that, and then the Steel Brothers, of course. Mm-hmm. and Tannen uh, Penland was actually in that for a little was while.
0: Was George Sofie in that band, uh, too? My brother
1: replaced him. Oh, okay. And then, well, Mark Corbett was uh, playing at the time, and I, he left, or I can't remember exactly what, what was.
0: What was... Dennis's problem and Pledge Allegiance was there a crossover between?
1: That I guess Dennis's problem came after Pledge Allegiance, or yeah. they kind of ran concurrently for a while. Then because that was Mark Pledge broke up, right? Yeah, Mar- that was Mark deal. and then Dennis's problem I think continued on for I want to say about a year or more mm-hmm. probably. So, yeah.
0: So you guys started doing that, and yeah, we we are going to. Ta- I want to talk about a little bit of history here because oh, I, know, I I'm sure. piecing this shit together because I I started to give a shit. Around Butterglove because I was coming to the Metro and seeing shows in the nineties right. and very I, before I knew you, before I ever met you, iconic moment is your. It was the last Butterglove show and it was you cutting the strings off your bass on stage with like a wire cutter like, yeah, while it was yeah. still plugged in.
1: That seemed Anything. like a good idea at the time. <laughs> I, I wanted to hook a delay pedal up and just have this great sonic noisy thing, but mm-hmm. it was just me being young and uh, trying to be dramatic. I figured people had already smashed guitars and lit them on fire it so was i would just cut the strings and it gave it some uh, closure and I it guess. didn't
0: it didn't come off um pretentious or even artistic or anything it just came off very like to me like whatever the spirit of all of these bands that are interconnected to me there's this humor to it but it's not mockery it's like right. you, you know it's There's a sense... It's playful, I guess. Right, right. All all of you guys are really good at what you did, and we're really doing some creative stuff, but it was always playful. There was always this... You're always looking at each other, like, kind of laughing, like, can you believe the shit we're doing?
1: Well, I I agree, and I think that was... Especially in that time, and you see that with bands now, too, uh, where you could play the heaviest shit, but you know... Yeah, you see these little smirks, and and you know the band has in-jokes... And you ask them questions you know what's the deal with this and then it's some funny story that goes into it or whatever but yeah that was always kind of the deal like the you know the perpetual in joke or mm-hmm. whatever um and then sometimes just looking out and being like i can't believe people are receptive to this because mm-hmm. it was you know about the music it was for us and we're just kids having a good time mm-hmm. but uh you know we kind of knew we we might be onto to something but uh Uh, you know it uh it went over pretty well on a local level anyway Mm -hmm. it it was great that people got it
0: yeah so yeah and what do you think that was you were on to and like how did it what is your feeling about like how it came together to the there was a distinct sound going on there were a lot of riffs uh the riffs didn't last a long time they usually were a lot of different riffs in one song right
1: right yeah between between that and like um you know signature changes and all we we just felt like we wanted to just kind of we wanted to fuck things up a little bit you mm-hmm. know because at, at the core they were like metal riffs mm-hmm. you know or and maybe just you know a punk rift here and there but we were like let's let's just tweak it a little bit and make it funny and that that's where that like you know kind of in joke comes in like you know you think we're gonna zag when we see right. all that but it became you know, second nature, and and just how we wrote, and uh, so that was that was a good unit, you know, to work with. And Seth and I, you know, having a great drummer in the next room, you know, we were always practiced up, mm-hmm. you know, so it helped to. Um, you know, we, him being was,
0: your brother and you guys living in the same house. Exactly. And, right.
1: Yeah. So we we had years of practice and experience together. Even and though, communication
0: some, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some
1: of it was questionable music, you know, before that. But yeah, it was kind of like let's just take this to the next level, you know, and uh, and be heavy like in the way that the Melvins are heavy mm-hmm. when when that was starting to get popular. I was hearing stuff like that when I was sixteen or seventeen. I'm yeah. like, Oh, you don't have to be metal to be heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a different. There's a different way to go, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with that, and uh, and it really appealed to us. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I still like metal and metal bands and all, but it was like just a different way to do it, and and it was kind of nerdy too, which helped. It so. was,
0: you know, to me, it's it's sort of this perfect combination of it's it's funny or mirthful without being ironic because you guys are all committed to heavy shit and metal and all of that stuff you're right. serious about it you don't think it's a joke, yeah. but you still see that it is comical there's a, a level of like like goofiness to it yeah and and that there was this there was a prankster element of like like you said you think we're gonna zig and we zag and like over and over again it seemed like okay you you know this riff right here, so this riff would naturally go here, we're gonna take it over there and right. it's a whole lot of shit that chris farmer used to do on drums always sounded to me like they were rim shots to a joke you know yeah like the guitar riff was a fucking one-liner right, right.
1: <laughs> well with him with someone like that who's just he's so great it's uh for him he it it's something that seemed like well i'm gonna do this because i can but if you if you know him you know it's like i can and it's kind of funny yeah, listen to this, you know. It's like, what is he doing here, you know? It's like, Why not, right? Why not? It was fun because, yeah, the heavy element was there. We played some shows with Confessor in uh, in North Carolina, and it was funny because they'd have their metal fans, and, you know, if they maybe heard us on a tape back then or whatever, they might say, oh, this band's heavy, I like this. But then we show up, and they completely don't get us. Right. We don't Where's look right. Where's the hair? You know, and, uh. yeah. They're just, you know, no shirts on, and, and they just... Uh, well, You know, so it, we were hard to, uh, I think, categorize at mm-hmm. the time,
0: so, yeah. Which was a really good thing. I mean, it's a distinct kind of thing and really, like, a, a real Richmond thing that uh, when I did leave Richmond and got, you know, was in New York, it was the thing that was most well-known was the stuff, like, kind of related to that group of musicians, sure. you know. Oh yeah. What was I going to... What was I going to... Oh, yeah, so after after Butterglove, what did you do immediately after that? I guess uh,
1: after that, we... Uh, of, well, a bunch of stuff. I guess uh, in that genre, Ladyfinger came after mm-hmm. that. that. That kind of ran with Slangmouse, you know, playing uh, with Dimmick. Right um, and I was living with him uh, uh, who
0: did, that was you and Elisa and Ron Demick and
1: yeah, and pan on drums
0: and mm-hmm. um
1: and that that uh that we were just having fun with it, it was called uh tenderizer mm-hmm. at first it, this was a record label Elisa was working on or a little cassette label uh-huh. um, but yeah, it just kind of morphed into lady finger, and again, it was just something to do for fun um, but we went with it, and people were receptive did you
0: guys did you put a record out on? On that label on, on Elisa's label, or did you do something? I
1: think yeah, yeah. I guess Lady Finger came out on Tenderizer. Uh, it was called Meet Me at Cafe Twenty One.
0: Yeah. yeah. That was a, that was good. The song that you had on was it Dixie Flatline? The comp it was. uh yeah. One Trick Pony.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One
0: Trick Pony. That's a good song.
1: Yeah. We. It, it was. And fun. you were the.
0: You sang or. Uh, yeah.
1: I just uh, did vocals. I wrote one song on guitar for that band, but uh, never played an instrument while I oh, was really? in that band. Oh yeah. really? You were just vocals. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That was a, a, it, again a different approach because a lot of that earlier stuff was instrumental, and uh, I just did it for shits and giggles, but. My approach, I thought, uh, for me, it was interesting anyway. Uh, it was just, like, put sound on top of it. Mm-hmm. So I'd go in the studio or at practice and just make noise and scream and do whatever. And then later, after hearing it, go back and write the lyrics to whatever it is I thought I was saying. Yeah, so yeah. The lyrics are, You come
0: up with the vowel movements yeah, first, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it
1: was. It was quite the vowel movement, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, which is nonsense, you know, like, mm-hmm. like most most stools <laughs> stools and it was stools v-
0: vocal all. effluvia yeah. there and so that bring, that makes me that was something I wanted to ask before why do you suppose so many of those bands were instrumental you know, it, well, around I think that time. Uh,
1: you know there's no shortage of uh, great drummers and guitar players, bass players around, but uh, it was hard to find anybody I think that could really sing on top of that or mm-hmm. compete with the music. Yeah, and uh, so it was liberating in a way because it was like, okay, well, we don't need that. We're good enough and interesting enough with our riffs and our songs to, you know, keep the listeners. Interest, you know, mm-hmm. keep it interesting. But uh, I again, I think there just weren't that many great vocals out there. Yeah, or people that wanted to touch it, you know. All right,
0: something. Anybody that knew how to even approach it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you you said know, that, you, yeah.
1: I'm sure there were great singers around, but they'd say, yeah, I, uh, you know.
0: I don't know what to do. They there. wouldn't have
1: any interest. <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. I always thought too was a little bit of hiding behind instruments that nobody wanted to step out there and risk the the vulnerability of opening their mouth you know yeah
1: yeah it's like we why take away we've got this good thing let's 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 try not not to mess it up you know yeah
0: (laughs) i yeah i I mean i really i love all of that stuff and i think these bands were the only ones i've ever well there's a few maybe the fucking champs and like a couple that i think are equally interesting in using those instruments without Vocals, yeah, to like yeah. to have riffs and compositions and all that stuff that are in, that are you know that propel, that go somewhere. It's interesting, is but there's a lot of shit out there that's just noodling, yeah, you know. Yeah.
1: And I think that scene is is very much alive, you know. Uh, things like the jams and and there's some great current instrumental music, uh, mm. but uh, it you know. I don't know. It's just, it's just what you're into. After a while, it seems... Uh, you know, I i can take about a half an hour of that and be like, okay, right. that, that's thats great. I really... It's great what you guys are doing. It's totally heavy, but, you know, I have to move on from there, I mm-hmm. guess, you know. Um, what,
0: what happened with Ladyfinger, anyway?
1: It just fizzled. Yeah. Like, all these good bands, people... Slang Louse was picking up. I mean, Ron was all... He was already very busy with that, so we just kind of,
0: uh, you know...
1: And actually, well, yeah, and then I moved up to Providence, Rhode Island um, for a while.
0: You did? Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> that came right back.
0: Why are you, you sick?
1: Uh, well, that, you know, that was just, a, uh, you know, that was that was a, one of those young men's missions. But, uh, yeah, so so I guess that's right. I, yeah, I left and went up there to uh, go make my fortune, which, of course, didn't happen. But, um,
0: Providence, Rhode Island, I don't yeah. remember. You don't want to talk about that, though?
1: Well, well it was just so short-lived. It's yeah. not worth really even mentioning. But, okay. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But the so, cat wants
0: to hear about it. Do you so, see well, she He's very interesting,
1: but yeah. So I guess I split up there and then, uh, and then came back down. But um,
0: yeah, so yeah, yeah.
1: It it was never meant to be like some really great band that was going to go on.
0: I think it was really great though. Well,
1: yeah, I think I I stand behind the music.
0: Do you still have that? Any of that shit?
1: I do. Yeah, yeah.
0: Gotta hook me up. I'll get
1: you a copy. I'll get you a copy. But (laughs) yeah, we played a few out of town shows uh, down in I think uh, Athens, or I know we went to Atlanta. but, yeah, that was about as ambitious as as we were trying mm-hmm. to be, so yeah, we had fun with it,
0: and then, after that, it was like what the rams was that the well, next yeah, thing well, you did
1: the, I guess human Therma oh came yeah, after that for that genre, yeah, I, I played with a few other projects and all, but you know human thermal was that that was really the uh i don't know for me a real standout. you know we we uh you know, Trevor from Hex Machine was playing bass and mm-hmm. we were sharing vocal duties and that. And uh, we've got a lot of recordings I'd like was to see. Dave, Dave
0: Dinonato was in that band with you for a while, right? Well, they had a band called Herm. Oh, and yeah. And he
1: left. So I took over on guitar and was playing some of his songs, albeit incorrectly, which, you know, he let me <laughs> know at the time. And <laughs> so. Um, But yeah, yeah, so we decided to change the name, and then I had newer material, so it just kind of turned into that, but um, yeah.
0: i got to pause this for a second, man. I don't think, I feel like that, okay, there was a little technical difficulties we had to iron out there. Like I ever stop for technical difficulties usually, but this is bothering me. Keep it (laughs) lo-fi. It is. It's it's actually it's hi fi, it's very faithful to what's actually going on, which is lame, you know, like in general, you know. So the idea of fidelity, it's faithful, right? You know, it's low tech.
1: It's maybe. low tech. Yeah. yeah, low tech is good. Low tech's all right.
0: Um so we were talking about you were playing Herm songs at first and then you date and then it kinda of graduated into
1: yeah, well, the more uh, the more newer material we had. Trevor and I decided, well, you know, and again, it was sort of that in joke thing with like human therma. That's funny. <laughs> <to us. laughs>
0: yeah. What is that? Uh, Just...
1: We thought it sounded like body heat, but then there's of course Uma Thurman, who was oh, wildly yeah. popular at the time. So mm-hmm. we we would use her images on you know stickers and stuff That's like right. that. That's uh, right. But that yeah, that was that was interesting because Trevor came from a much more like. Uh, uh, really, just more of a noise angle, and uh, wanted to do vocals as well. So we were able to kind of stay true to the kind of the riff rock thing, but uh-huh. take it in another direction. And I, I think that's what with Hex Machine now. It's he's really just taking the ball and run with it.
0: Is, who was the, who was in uh, Human thermobus?
1: That was we had a drummer named Eric Josephson. Oh, so probably one of the best drummers. So I've wasn't ever Chris played.
0: Gallo? Um, no. And he's no. in Hex Machine with
1: um Trevor yeah i don't think now. currently i think they've oh. had some lineup changes oh, yeah. but I'm, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with them but uh yeah it was this guy eric josephson and um unfortunately he fell very ill and had to jump out um right before we toured with mel banana mm-hmm. um, but anyhow we replaced him with eve from uh, he was in action patrol mm-hmm. and sister sound pretty good drummer so we took him on tour with us and recorded a bit but uh
0: how was that going out melt banana
1: it was great yeah it was a a lot of fun you know trying to you know language uh barriers and stuff like that going on but uh it, it was a lot of fun i guess that was around 98 so uh I'd never driven across country or played that many shows and in, in uh, that amount of time, so mm-hmm. it was a great experience i wouldn't I wouldn't suggest it for somebody who's <laughs> forty four right uh, it it was an eye opener and a lot of fun you know going uh,
0: coast to coast right um, when you got done, when you quit human Therma, you you go right into the rams or was that
1: that uh that took a year or more i mean we we got back and disbanded because we were just kind of worn out we were going to take a break and it just Mm -hmm. kind of disbanded but uh but yeah with the rams it was funny i got to know steve chisholm real well and then matt Goins. um and we were just kind of like drinking buddies to be honest and uh they knew i was a guitar player and they knew what i was into and uh I, i basically told matt over drinks one night you know give me a cassette if i like steve's voice and the music's any good i'll probably do it and uh Mm -hmm. and i was kind of knocked out you know it was uh a little more punk than i guess what i was playing and and i I felt like i was capable of doing it but i kind of wanted to do it justice too because yeah you know you know it well i mean matt had written some really great
0: yeah i was in that band for a a couple months yeah yeah
1: we had kind of had the spinal tap drummer syndrome you know (laughs) but uh but yeah i I thought the material was really good and uh, i took it home and um and practiced it and we just kind of hit it off from there you know and uh yeah, that was a fun band. We actually had more success with, the, with that uh, monetarily than really? any, any other band I've been in. Well, we'd play these silly, you remember, you know, early, late 90s, early 2000s, it was like played the Camel Cigarettes event. Yeah. You know, and they'd pay us and then give us cartons of cigarettes. So we'd, we'd hit the big time there. Uh.
0: I wouldn't know. I guess I, w- I was sort of aware of that, but I think I was hating on you guys too at the same time. I I'm think sure that was a would. period you guys started to become frenemies of mine.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, we did do that. It was, that was great, no, I mean, it's just funny. <laughs> that was sort of the attitude of that band. You know, mm-hmm. we were just kind of like, let's just take things into maybe an ugly direction and and see how far we can take things mm-hmm. or or whatever. Which is really just a sloppy way to handle things <sighs> and to be. But uh, yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's it's weird, like. When I left for New York, like, I mean, we, you know, the time period we were talking about before with, like, Butterglove and Breadwin and all of that, late 80s, early 90s, Richmond was a very, like, like, it was like summer of love kind of scene for us, Alterna art punk metal kind of people. Everybody got along. We all had fun. We got drunk. We had sex. And like, you know, it was just a good time. And then something that started to really get not fun sometime in the early 90s. Well, people
1: are running around having sex with each other's girlfriends and then, you know, getting into all kinds of uh, sketchy business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, things got a little dark for sure.
0: So I, I left for New York as that darkness was descending and I got into my own darkness up there. Right. and I came back here to get away from the darkness Yeah. And but yet I continued the same shit I was doing there it was just a lot more expensive here and that was yeah. kind of when you and I started hanging out and it was this totally different relationship of like being in the bars together it was like right. we were both a couple of lone wolf you know characters yeah yeah yeah.
1: and and i think i think with all that it's like any other uh, uh, kind of lifestyle you're living that runs its course it it, it was definitely sort of like you know you you look around i think a lot of people in richmond went through that too like what are we doing
0: but it got really really like it got really shitty like amongst a large group of people from a time period there like i would say from like 99 to 2000 like there was this it was almost like it, it was that kind of frenemy shit that like the Hilton's and the Kardashians and those kind of like those fuckwads out in LA get into like with no apparent reason yeah, there was just yeah. like like this level of uh of shitty intrigue and for drama of it, going, like just for the sake famous
1: of it for the sake of being
0: famous yeah and
1: i think it, yeah i think it was and i think the music was suffering too and everybody got, it
0: wasn't there wasn't even very much of it. it
1: and what was there wasn't nearly as interesting as it had been and i think a lot of that has to do with you know you're cruising into your early to mid 30s and you're running out of this youthful time mm-hmm. and uh but you're still trying to
0: would you, you think know, that was the midlife crisis, maybe?
1: Uh, probably, you know, yeah, early. Of that? I hope uh-huh. I got it out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> much more centered now.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that had something to do with it. Like, oh, I bet we better get things going. And, you know, the music scene was changing. And uh, it's a, it, it felt like a last-ditch effort by a lot of people to just you know.
0: I don't remember music having very much to do with it at all. I just remember a lot of people being in bars, like from yeah. a certain window, too, yeah. from like midnight. To 4 a.m. a whole lot like it's like nothing bit. good happens after. You yeah, know. I think
1: we were all like Wooderson from uh, Days and Confused, yeah. just, uh, afraid <laughs> just to just let go. It up, right. Still, the party's got to go on, and uh and though I think you know I met some great people then and all, but it was it was a time for the party to be over. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think we all were guilty of hanging on to that for a while. Yeah, it's but. just
0: it's surprising me because I can't imagine feeling this way now. But there was a lot of. uh just like that kind of almost like high school level of you know cliques and people fucking with each other in the various these various cliques and even within these cliques and like you know having sex with the wrong person and all of that but way more sinister to me i mean that's just my my memory of it a little yeah
1: yeah well i think so i mean i think it's um and richmond can be a pretty dark place you know i've only been here for a couple days so it hasn't mm -hmm. You know, the talents haven't gone all the way through the Yeah, game you just yet.
0: gotta I, I stay away from all of that shit now. But Well,
1: and I think we, we were all smart enough to know that it was it was boring what we were all doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. But uh but we had to uh, you know, just had to move forward with it and, and try. Mm-hmm. But uh but, uh, you know, I, I, there were some interest, some interesting things going on there. But, it, again, I think the quality of the uh, the work suffered pretty greatly. This,
0: there's a lot of – looking back on it now, there seem to be a lot of kind of cycles with that. And I wonder if the people that are our age as we were at the, you know, 20s and the mid-20s and then early 30s are having the same – kind of like oh it was so great when we were in college and just finishing college and then there was that whole period of the college is over now what and or even if you didn't go to college all the people you were friends with did and there was that whole that now what kind of thing? yeah i wonder about that too
1: you look at different music scenes and you know people are they hit 30 and on into 35 and uh you know it's tough when you go through sort of a musical renaissance, like, like mm-hmm. you were saying, I think we had that around here, and then all of a sudden you're 25 and it's over and it's washed yeah. up or whatever. It's kind of like, what do you do from there? So you either get serious and, and uh, work on a- something new. Yeah, and a lot or, of it, yeah. it
0: didn't, I, don't, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't really aware of like why or, wh- you know, it didn't, some of that stuff didn't go anywhere. I just basically did assume that most of you guys just get tired of doing whatever you were doing and never, didn't even try to make it get, but so big or you know yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah i agree and i think uh you know it was like well we could make t-shirts but what is that gonna do you mm-hmm. know and and uh yeah just sort of the whole thing just kind of ran out of steam you know mm-hmm. um and then you, it, it's everything that goes with uh being in a band just like being in a relationship you know you have different work schedules you know um, somebody's not feeling it that day. All those things put pressure. You know, it's a lot harder just to keep four people together, or five people yeah. together, than it seems. You know, so yeah. So hats off to anybody who can it's, do it. It's
0: it's it's as hard as a romantic relationship, if not harder.
1: Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it's only
0: two people in a fucking couple.
1: Yeah, right. and you know, you're arguing over, uh, you know, music or art, if you, you know, if you take it to that level and not just which appetizer to get with right. your girlfriend right. or whatever. You know, so.
0: Right. Paying the yeah. bills.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a. It, I've been thinking, you know, I've I've tried to get a lot of people from that era to do this podcast, and everybody's afraid of what they're going to say. They come on here, and I'm like, what is so, what's so bad? Like, what's out there? Like, what the fuck, you know?
1: Well, I I think, you know, a lot of it, and, you know, I can see the apprehension where it's like, well, you know, Richmond's very good at talking about the past, you know, and even staying in it at times, Um, but... You know, and nobody wants to rub each other the wrong way, or whatever. Mm. Maybe people are afraid to say the wrong thing, but I don't. You know, I, I don't really say anything. See, wrong I think with
0: that it, shit uh, applies to the...
1: moving ahead, or right, or living in the present. Even you know, if you I can. think that's
0: part of living in the present to some degree. Like, I mean, I have to like, you know, I mean, my my philosophy about my life is I'm not ashamed of any of the shit that I did before. You know, and I will right. I'll gladly talk about it or laugh about it or whatever. I'm not. I don't think that any. You know. Nobody's gotten on here and shit talked, but I think it's really interesting to sort of get different takes on why shit went a certain way or yeah. you know, w- you know what what happened cuz it it applies to where shit is now, you know. Sure, like, sure. Um, well, there's
1: always more to the story. So I can understand if, you know, uh, again, if people don't want to step on toes or whatever, that's that's fine, but it's a uh...
0: But, yeah, it is important to, you know... So it's Some not, of them talk way more shit, like, on Facebook than they could possibly oh, sure. talk on well, this that, podcast. Yeah, because
1: that's writing. You, know? <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't have to
0: hear anyone's voice. No one's going right. to
1: call you, actually, on your phone. And, you know, you have to answer in the old motherfucker. way. See, I talk. think it would be
0: yeah. great if everybody called each other... All the people that think they have drama called each other out on this podcast oh, and shit. all yeah, took yeah. turns coming on here to set the record straight. It's like, mm-hmm.
1: have a Facebook Fight Club, where it's like, okay, if, you know, if it's your first yeah. time talking shit, you actually have to go to this location. Because,
0: you know what I, I think? Know. I think if you actually got... that shit out you realize how it's absurd and petty and it doesn't even matter right like it's but everybody there's a benefit in holding on to shit like that sometimes you know whatever it is sure some of that benefit is like this is why i don't do blah 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 Ah. but the truth is i don't do blah blah because i'm scared to but i can actually say it's because i got fucked over by this old bandmate of mine right you know and and uh, i've just been hurt too bad you know (laughs) (laughs) So you get to hold on to that private drama about it, and then you know if you come out and talk about it, then you lose that story.
1: You do, yeah. yeah. I and mean, I think most of those things should stay private. You know? Yeah. I, I think with social media, it's fun because you know you can be like, here's a one minute commercial for what's going on with me right now, mm-hmm. and, and I think people should keep it light. You know, there's.
0: It really should.
1: You know, I well in in, in that. Otherwise, pick up the phone. I mean, it's uh, the people I really want to talk to. They have my phone number.
0: Well, you know this. So. We we've always been very good at talking shit. Behind backs in this town. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. not saying shit to anybody's face. Right. But now with the social media, you get to kind of accomplish both at the same time. Sure. You know, uh, yeah. you can yeah. allude to well, things. Well, I then mean, you get a private
1: like, message like, hey, what did you mean by that? Yeah. You know, right. It's like, oh, now I'm talking to two people. <laughs> but none of us are really, really talking about anything. So, yeah. I, I,
0: you know, it just seems to me like when I, when I came, back, the one thing I learned in New York was like not to be shy yeah you know and not to like be afraid of putting something out there that like everybody who had done anything worth the shit had had to get over that yeah. you know yeah. like and so i didn't think i was a good enough writer to be writing in punchline but i was like if i don't write until i think i'm a good enough writer then i'm never gonna write so i just start putting it out there
1: yeah i agree you know? I, th- I think in and. a and in a bigger town, uh, that was kind of, you know, everybody has those anxieties about, you know, is my work good enough or, or you know, am I good enough or this is, you know, or and especially in Richmond, are people just going to be talking shit on it, you know, tell mm-hmm. me it's good in my face and then otherwise. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's important just, you know, you have to just go do it, you know, yeah. and let let it fall let the may. But you, fall would, where uh, they you would
0: say that there, I mean, you got to admit that, it, there's a lot of people that just hide behind various kinds of apathy when they're really just afraid of rejection. Sure. Like putting sure. that shit yeah. out there. Yeah, well, and it's, being told uh, yeah, the it shit sucks. talkers,
1: you know, that, that's exactly right because it's just like, okay, well, what are you doing mm-hmm. besides working in the coffee shop? You know, mm-hmm. if everything sucks, then. So do you and your yeah. coffee shop, you know? So, yeah, you're concentrating on all suck. So mm-hmm. you are suck. You know? I
0: think that, uh, yeah, I think the overall. <laughs> it's much
1: more brave to take a chance and even fail and be like, all right, well, this didn't work. On to the next thing. And I, I just think you got to put yourself out there.
0: Uh, yeah. And I think it's like that period I'm talking about that I think things got extra dark. Maybe it, it, it it characterized, to me, I think, of so much heckling and so much, like, downing of shit. And I was guilty of, of doing it, of sure, course. Sure. Um, that got everybody to do nothing and, like, yeah. be paranoid and just self-medicate and get fucked up. And everybody was had a false persona that they yeah. were putting on and hiding behind and getting, you know... And and it's such a weird. I mean, it really makes you wonder if there really is a curse on this town. That there's so much. Like the the Indians supposedly said, no maize will grow here when they got right, kicked right. out. Well, I and, yeah,
1: it, it's possible. But I don't think even if there is, I don't think that it meant there should be. You know, it, a bunch of suburban white boys should just celebrate you know decadence i don't think that you know but that seems to be how the that, that, that's just like the curse
0: part of it it <laughs> starts dragging it down it gets <laughs> well, it gets yeah. evil
1: sure that's a, that's how i can begin but uh, well uh, you know i'm kidding but you know the crop you know,
0: gets to a certain point and it just withers over yeah. a lot and yeah, it, sure, sure. you know yeah. there's this weird kind of like it'll only get to this point and then it starts turning brown yeah you know yeah, yeah. And it's like
1: you know like the the front of your hair it doesn't get as long as it used to.
0: <laughs> hey, I just cut mine. Man. I know I
1: need I need a haircut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did this myself. But it's Here true. But
1: it, you know, and again, but at the end of the day, it's really just up to us. You know, you still have to uh, whatever age and whatever experience you have. Maybe you were in a couple of you know good bands, maybe a couple not so good or whatever. But I, I really believe you just you know keep cracking at it. Mm-hmm. You know because. What, what's the worst that could happen? Somebody doesn't like it, you know, we mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. Right?
0: Well, ultimately you got to get to the point where you're not doing it for anybody else.
1: Well, that's just it. It's yeah. always been about the music. So I think if you have passion for it and you're not doing it, you know, it, it's time to give it a shot again, you know, and, and like, well, Hey, these people are doing it over here. What the hell am I doing? Yeah. So, you know, and it's fun, you know, and, uh,
0: i I love playing music. I'm just too goddamn lazy. And like the the thing for me is is the. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's any point to it unless there are at least three people in the room.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it takes work. It takes work. And that's why I got together with this guy Jake, and it was like, let's just bang out this one song, see what people think. It's in the right direction, and just to get something out of my system at all. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I encourage everyone to do the same because we yeah. we have a lot of. We have the tools for it now. You don't have to set up the four track and eight mics anymore. You know?
0: No, it's it's yeah. really easy.
1: Record some songs, people. You know, keep it going.
0: If you're be if you're not like producing stuff, then it's your fault. It, if you think you should point. be
1: doing it and mm-hmm. it's positive, then then do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, our our pool of friends, I think we're all receptive enough to it that it'd be like, yeah, do it. We might yeah. think it sucks, but I'll be glad you did it.
0: <laughs> I just want to get like enough people in the room that it's like when I'm playing music, I'm not just you know practicing you know like i i I don't i want it to feel like it's something even when it is nothing you know it's still just struggling to be something it's still like having a a drummer and a bass player or another guitar player something going on in the room so that's why i've decided i'm going to move my bedroom out of this back room and i'm going to create a space to make noise back there. yeah
1: i've put a set of drums in there i need some people over do you have some drums? i don't i don't i'm sure you can find some around here
0: yeah, I gotta find drums. I gotta have. A, I gotta find an entire rig, man. I don't have anything but that acoustic in this. Pe- Check out this piece of shit guitar over here. Let me, i want to give it. Oh, look at that. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, sure. It looks like a harmony, maybe. I
0: don't know what it is. Uh, my friend looks came like over a, and got like me a to Sears
1: up- harmony. It's got a really cool pickguard
0: on it. <laughs> it's held together by. Uh, um, that clamp up there in the neck—I yeah. think that's actually yeah. meant for carpentry, uh, right or something. Right. Yeah, well, it actually sounds pretty good. Surprisingly. Hey, you have a
1: guitar, exactly. I mean, I haven't had a proper amp, much less a, a big Marshall or anything, in years. Uh, so, I, you, know, you want to play
0: something? We could play. We could little, we could hook up the rat pedal. No, you know, it, you it's know? not
1: really my guitar. So I'd, what? I'd be uncomfortable. <laughs> thank you, thank you. though. Yeah, the action feels a little bit high. I think but, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: But,
1: uh, thanks. Thanks, though.
0: Yeah. I think. See, I think the the chaotic element there, and something genius might happen with you and that guitar. It, looked, it
1: may. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. But yeah. That that kind thanks of. for thing. You, you have that, to do right? it behind closed doors. I think. But,
0: yeah. Where did you come? You came to town for the barbecue specifically. I did. Specifically? Yeah. And
1: it was it was kind of a good uh, excuse or not excuse, good reason to come to town, mm-hmm. to see friends and all, even though it's a uh, bittersweet. Yeah. You know. um but, yeah, we were due for a trip back home, so friends and family and, and a lot of good shows. You know, I figured I'd kind of catch up with everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh... Is there? Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of other shit going on around... <laughs> The barbecue too. Yeah, right? there's right.
1: the before barbecue and stuff, and and it's just a lot of you know old old guards getting involved in this stuff. Can you
0: run this down for me because it's all coming at me sideways on Facebook? I guess plate.
1: tomorrow night, Friday night, the Broadberry big show mm-hmm. there with Gritter. They're you know uh-huh. hometown favorites and all.
0: Adam. Uh, Adam Kravitz. Kravitz yeah, yeah, Ryan
1: Kent. So they they've got a really heavy thing going on. Um, I think Black Dahlia Murder is headlining that. Oh really? That's right. Yeah. So where are
0: they from? Oh, Black Dahlia? I, yeah. I don't know. There's this yeah, kid I that know. I worked with this last year that wore a Black Dahlia murder sweatshirt to work every yeah. single day.
1: I, mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of feel like Jersey or something mm-hmm. to me, but I, I'm not sure. I, they're American. That's a kind of
0: uh, goth metal?
1: Uh, uh, no, I don't know. Extreme metal? Not sure uh-huh. what to call it exactly. I mean, yeah, I've, I've seen them, but not really my thing.
0: But, they only do Cookie Monster vocals, I right? Mean,
1: yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that that's going to be a huge show. Um Jeller Biafra's in town, so he's right. going to be emceeing all these events and whatnot.
0: So um, he's doing more than just the uh, uh, barbecue. He's going to...
1: Yeah, uh, I, I believe he's going to be at the Broadberry, I believe. Um, but then he's doing the, the pre um, the memorial that day out at Haddad's Lake, and then the big show happens.
0: So later. there's a before-BQ... There's a before BBQ tomorrow bravery. the day
1: before. Then uh-huh. the day of the barbecue, um there were different ticket prices. You can go early uh, for a different experience. And then the Um uh, regular barbecue.
0: And what is Danny Black? He's doing something around this. I thought there was another show that he's involved with her.
1: Uh, that could be yeah. the Broadberry. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. I don't know him real well. I kind of catch up with some of his posts and all, but I'm, he'll be. I'm sure he'll be at the barbecue. I know he plans on it. Um, but they're they're doing a lot. Where the fuck are they
0: playing it. at Haddad's Lake? Like, I'm what? not sure. I've never been there. I um, have. It's like
1: yeah, this weird sure. big. Um, They've got like a you know ramp, skateboard ramp set up, and all kinds of stuff. So I've never been. So it'll be a new one for me. I
0: went out there for the Cary Street Cafe like employee appreciation
1: oh, really?
0: day party. They and have
1: that. I thought They, did they just then. fired.
0: People, you know, I, back then, she appreciated us, yes. But yeah, I, I I managed to get fired after two there. Ah, you I had a good run. I did. Run. Yeah, yeah. Was,
1: I remember that over there. Yeah. Yeah, you lived, would live next door. Yeah, unfortunately. So yeah. So thanks for the drinks, by the way.
0: Well, you're welcome. Yeah, I took f- mm-hmm, full advantage of. I need really need to make amends to Robin at some point there.
1: Hey. Yeah. you know. <laughs> What are you
0: gonna do? Um, that that's right. We had the keys to that place. I'd go get cigarettes out of there, and I'll the sure. Things. Yeah, of a, of you were right next to so her. I was like, let's go get candy, some beer. Candy store. I get a get a shot <sighs> of whiskey. Shouldn't be saying water this. There. No, well, there's a statute of limitations on this kind of shit. I would think that. I don't remember To uh, be honest, yeah, I'm that, just that, kidding. Could have
1: happened. Probably, probably, probably didn't. didn't.
0: Probably didn't happen. So. Uh, God damn! I'm, i This has been a long day. I'm having a hard time maintaining a. Oh,
1: that's fine. Train of thought. Yeah, it's been a long one for me as well.
0: We, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, is that wrap it up? Right. Yeah, that, well, you know, I'm, I, I got a, it's cl- a lot it's of people to. It's 4 Yeah. A lot of people to see. This is on a tight schedule, man. Like, it is. we didn't even really get to settle in. And, like, to, I mean, it's not bad. We get to.
1: No, it's just good to see you. Thanks yeah, I'm glad over. you. Yeah.
0: And this is cuz I'm not going to that thing. I don't think I can handle being outside like with how many people I mean it's like thousands of people are going.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if it's sold out, but I mean people are I flying it, from not only the West Coast but like Japan and Europe and stuff. So <laughs> Dave had a lot of friends, man, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I like I friends. keep thinking I got to figure out some angle like so I could check it out without having to be a schnook, but I'm like I don't really have that kind of pull. Anymore. Right. Right. So, well, I don't I, know if you can lift a chain link fence up for me or right. something. Let well,
1: I, I think in, in this case too, they they're doing it's just for them to put this on is huge. Yeah. So it, It's kind of like if you can make it, do your best. But uh, yeah,
0: maybe yeah. there'll be a satellite feed or something going somewhere. Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. A, a simulcast should, and just,
1: Skype should really, you know, they should have uh, sponsored a booth. They
0: must be doing yeah. something like just that. Keep, keep
1: just webcams on the whole thing. Yeah,
0: because I, I just I talk about it too old. I can't. Go hang around outside and some shit like that with a whole yeah, bunch I'm of people. Yeah, I'm going to
1: do my best. I'm glad there's water there. So I may take a dip
0: and mm-hmm.
1: uh, try not to have too many guar beers, you know. Get
0: your shots before you get in that water over there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah
1: maybe. Probably.
0: I mean, my memory of that place is it's like this kind of like there's this weird sort of a lake. Right. But that lake really looks like a retention pond sure. kind of a thing, yeah. you know. Right, right, and right. Then, then there's sort of a pool that has a diving board and maybe a sliding board into it. And I think there's like a, a floaty thing that you can play on. Right. Over there, and then there's a big picnic shelter, okay, and a volleyball pit. That's all I remember so being the jellyfish there.
1: jellyfish will just be used condoms if you yeah, run into exactly. Okay, yeah, I,
0: I've called it the the Redneck Riviera in, in the past, okay. Yeah. It, like, that's just my, my memory of it. Is I'm I don't know how they're doing this there. Like, where are they? Is there a field next to the thing, or all
1: right? So, you think the uh irrigation is a uh, questionable maybe, or just a pit of water? Yeah,
0: I mean, this. I'll,
1: I'll be seeing it for the first time. So, uh, but yeah, we're staying not far from MCV, so I might drop by and get a tetanus shot. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
0: I would. I would seal up any apertures of your body before okay. you get in that that water. Okay, like,
1: good, good.
0: Plug it up. Yeah, you know.
1: well, that's part of my morning routine generally. Anyway. Oh well,
0: good. Yeah, yeah. We, that's because you I don't. Like any, to run my mouth, you don't have anything to get but, out. But yeah, <laughs> but I can always. Yeah, you know, I, I
1: carry tape and stuff with me for that. So. <laughs> All right well i so, think you so did we'll uh, i'm sure there's going to be tons of footage you know if not probably i could see them putting out a video or something but uh, uh whatever yeah, I,
0: yeah I, I should try to see it somehow this i mean who are they is guar performing with a-
1: they are mike bishop is doing vocals from what oh he I is so uh but my guess be- is as good as any. they like, they release some information about it you know and and uh i just you know i i just hats off for them to even do it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure Dave would feel like, yeah, the show always must Must
0: go go on. on, I was lucky enough
1: to see them out in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And it was shortly after Corey had passed away. Mm -hmm. Like a week or or less. Um, But they came down to Seattle and just kept things going. And he... uh, Just Brocky being Brocky invited me backstage and um, hung out a little bit and, you know, watched the show from the side of the stage for a little while. Mm -hmm. It's just... That's the kind of guy he was. Everybody knows it's a that. Fucking but he was just guy. good to his fans, and especially his Richmond brothers, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so I'm glad I was able to see him out there.
0: Um, yeah. 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 He was a really great guy. He sat down and did this thing for me, and much yeah. busier person than a lot of people yeah. who say they're that too was a busy. a
1: great
0: episode, too. Yeah. I fucking enjoyed it. I, 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 I didn't realize how much I liked that guy until... Yeah. You know, he's not around anymore. Well, I used to love
1: he'd come in for white pizza and I'd get an hour of the same thing. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, you might throw a question at him, but it was like, Dave, you just talk. Mm-hmm. Know, tell me about this or that. And he could go on for days. He's I mean, such a, a bright guy. You know?
0: He was, and he put so much, like, there's so many people that are talented like him that leave this town. Right. And they take it somewhere else. And he just kept it here and kept putting it in to here. Yeah. You know? that so I could really like, you know, having, you know, having him vanish at once, you realize that he was actually holding down something.
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, he, he, he definitely, they put gore on the map, that helped put us on the map, mm -hmm. and, and I think, uh, I think without you know his help you know uh, we, we wouldn't have such a legacy of great music here yeah well, p- people wouldn't know about it
0: anyway so and some and some of the worst times in this town would have been way worse if it weren't for what those guys always kind of kept going because there was always a even when there was fucking nothing else going on they would still have a barbecue sure at one of those spaces yeah. oh and i know yeah, yeah the rams
1: played at one and mm-hmm. then you know human thermal we rented space from them mm-hmm. over there and stuff so yeah it kept the whole scene alive you know yeah so yeah no no matter how down, even
0: when was running we, on fumes. We have that to look forward like, to. You yeah, know, and
1: uh, mm. yeah, sure, sure. The very the spirit of Richmond can be encapsulated at a barbecue for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, I should try and come to that. You should. Shit you to, should. All right, man. Well, yeah. thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for thank squeezing you. it in. You yes, know, I, I'm glad we we got this going. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully I'll see you again this weekend.
1: Yeah, I will be around. So thanks for having me over.
0: You're welcome. All right. Don't you can't have that guitar though. You are welcome. All are welcome. All are welcome. Is that from Poltergeist? I think it is from Poltergeist. It's a great movie. Hey, kids. Um, what do I got coming up? I got uh, Heather Bailey in the Dogtown Dance Theater. Is that? But she's. I don't. I'll, we'll have. We'll straighten that out tomorrow. I'm gonna be talking to her. Uh, trying to line up some other stuff it's i'm kind of obsessed with my job so i don't do this like i used to but um come at me you want to be on this show you want to tell your side of some story hit me up we can come over you can come over and you can volunteer you can put your head in the on the chopping block whatever i don't have to have total control over this this is uh, richmond's podcast to conversations for y'all i do it just because I love you and um, I just want to be given something to this crazy-ass town that has loved me up and fucked me up and welcomed me back so many times and ultimately, I think, forgiven me my trespasses, past transgressions, and all that. Uh, You know, I could still use your financial support if you're so inclined. I mean, you know, if enough of you just made a Netflix-type contribution... Ten dollars, something like that. That would make me feel very good. It would be, it would be very. It would give me warmth in my cockles or something. That's gross. But uh, yeah, you don't have to. I uh, I know you're out there. I know you're listening. I know you like it, like it like that. So um, keep on listening. We'll keep on getting this story out there together, on and on and on to the break of break of dawn. Yeah it's evening not dawn and I am ready to get out of here need a turkey sandwich so I hope you enjoyed that and uh, we'll see you soon adios muchachos